everybody, and welcome to That's Life, the show where Yeshiva Midwinter Break is almost over, but it feels like we never left. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday at 10 a.m., right after Charlie and right before Nachum's live lunch, as I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, I am joined, get that mic ready, I am joined by my handy-dandy partner, of Rummy. What's up, Avram? All's well. How are you? I thank God. And well, how was your commute this morning? <laughs> <laughs> we always have to talk have about you uneventful. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know what happened to me on the train this morning. The um, the conductor, I haven't been on the train basically for, for the most part of all month. The, sorry, all, the entire month either because I decided to drive in since traffic was so light or whatever it is, and having been, you know, here, here, there, and everywhere, I just, all I have is a 10-pack. All I have is a 10-trip, like one of those cards on the Long Island Railroad. It just literally gives you 10 trips, either back or forward. But I don't have my usual monthly pass. So I'm sitting down on the train this morning, and the conductor, um, who looks at me and goes, hey, where you been? And I said, yeah, drove a lot, whatever, blah, blah. You know, it's also the end of the month. Like, I'll buy a pass for February, but I just didn't need one for January. I wasn't going to spend that kind of money. Anyway, so I sit down in my normal seat. I walk to the car uh, that I always sit in, whatever. And he comes over, and I hand him my 10 trip. And he looks at me with disdain. (laughs) And he goes, what is this? I said, I didn't buy a monthly. I was like, all of a sudden, I didn't buy a monthly. I just, I didn't need that. I knew I wasn't going to be commuting on the train that much. And he looks at me and goes, you have commitment issues. And he punched my ticket and just went going. So this is also the guy who comments on the woman who usually rides in the same car, who gets on at Jamaica, the one with the helmet I've told you about, the cyclist. And he always makes, literally like makes a comment to her. I don't know how he comes up with these one-liners every single morning, but he comes up with something and he makes a comment to her all the time. So uh, he provides entertainment and a little bit of uh, flack when you, with your commute in the morning. Anyway, if you're a new listener to the show, Thank you for taking a break uh, from your day to tune in. If you're a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach once a week is just not enough for you, do what Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler does. You can friend me on Facebook, send me an invite on LinkedIn. You can also shoot me an email, Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show. I'm not being rude, just being honest. I will make sure to get back to you afterwards. Please also follow us on Twitter, NahumSiegelNet, all one word, and Miriam L. Wallach, all one word. You know, Avram, I know that Rabbi Zwickler participates in Saturday Night Siegel. Um, every Matzah Shabbos with his drasha. Correct. I want to tell you that I saw him at the Beit Oro dinner a couple of weeks ago. He is lovely. I happen to be a huge Rabbi Zwickler fan. I told him that. And um, he is looking to grow his practice, by the way, his marital counseling practice. So I um, I told him I would totally discuss it on the air. I said, I can be your first patient. He's like, all right, so settle down. <laughs> I'm not sure how that would go. Um, not because he isn't good, but because probably I would just, you know, keep rambling, but um, but we have to you have to make sure that by before the show ends today that I include his uh, contact information at the end because I definitely will forget. Will do, and he's uh, yeah, it's a very welcome part uh, to the program every week. And he so. is very much loved by his community. He is really just he is really a very very good day. Anyway, let's get to our favorite segment. We get one out of the box. Thank you, Judy. You know what that noise means? Fortune cookie. Let's go, Confucius, Rabbi Confucius, as I like to say. Um, focus on trusting your intuition and you will get through it. Yeah, you know what? That's a good one. That's a good one because there have been non-believers around here lately and I'm saying that I'm going with my gut. Let's go to the national holidays. It's Healthy Weight Week. 
I say that with a number of Hershey Kisses wrappers right next to my computer here on the desk. But it is Healthy Weight Week. It is also Hunt for Happiness Week, which I'm sure some people connect to the weight thing, but that's another story for another day. What do you have, a donut? God bless you. Wait a minute. No bread and water? What's going on? You you expanded the diet? That was breakfast earlier. Right. Keeping in mind, by by the way, for those of you who are wondering why 10 o'clock is not breakfast, because for people like us, it's the afternoon already. It's also National Activity Professionals Week, National Nurse Anesthetist, (laughs) National Nurse Anesthetists Week. Yep. I'm not saying that one again. It's National Handwriting Analysis Week, which actually brings us to one of our later interviews, because Dr. Ari Kornblit, who I have faxed a copy of my handwriting, including my signature and a full page of handwriting, will analyze my handwriting on the air. That shouldn't be embarrassing in the least bit. It's also No Name Calling Week, um, which, you know, around here goes really well. And Sugar Awareness Week. Trust me, I'm very aware of sugar. It's National Handwriting Day, National Pie Day. So you should not have a donut. And no, I did not buy. I you don't a know pie. where to get pie. Across the street. At what? They sell pie. I'm sure they do. I don't know. I always only look at the bread area. Why? You don't look at the black like and whites. The black and whites are good. They're okay. I like the little cheese danishy things. I don't like anything with a cheese danish. Also, you know, um, Toby. Yes. Uh, she Who's was gonna, becoming, by the way, like Snuffleupagus. Like, until I meet work, her, I'm not going to believe she exists. She was going to work for uh, this Jewish organization, and part of their uh, part of the process was is that she had to write something down, and they had her handwriting oh, analyzed. No way. Yeah, and apparently they were they thought it was. They saw excellent things in it. They were, like, very excited about it. Did they bring out the Ouija board also? No, uh, she worked with them for a while. And uh... Did they like candles? Did they see which <laughs> way the smoke blew? <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Um, and finally, it is Women's Healthy Weight Day, which is evidently the last Thursday in January. I'm so not aware about what this whole thing is, but I did make sure not to include any guests who are going to discuss my weight, just my handwriting. Anyway, you're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My first guest is in the studio. I'm actually very excited to have Jeremy Joseph. Your official title is director, correct? Correct. Yay, director at Camp Morosha. And I would sing the Morosha theme song, but frankly, that would get embarrassing. Um, and we have so many things to talk about. Jeremy, thank you for coming in this morning. Nice to be back. Oh, Thanks for having me. an absolute pleasure. You know, being on the air with me and being on the air with Nahum, obviously two different, two different situations. I will not plug the fact that Camp Masora got Edon before. Okay. Uh- <laughs> And I'm not going to say on the air that we actually booked him first. Oh, <laughs> oh, trash talking. No, that's totally fine. Because when I had Edan a couple of weeks ago on the air, I made sure to plug the uh, Camp Morosha concert that is coming up in only a couple of weeks. Appreciate it. No, are you kidding me? I'm having a great time with this. The emails that are going back and forth between those of us who were in camp a couple of years ago. Right. Um, Just a couple. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> and being able to jog all of our memories with all of these songs. Uh, t- tell everybody where the concept came up that you are going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Mora Shah in songs. It's a good good question. Nice. We have a, a Q&A uh, you know, a FAQ page on our website, and a lot of people were asking a lot of a lot of different questions. But one of the main reasons why a concert, and when we were designing how we're going to celebrate such a huge anniversary for the camp, uh, a camp that thousands upon thousands of members of our community went to, um, or children went to, uh, we were trying to figure out what way would be appropriate to 
celebrate this anniversary. And we were looking at camp and memories of camp and talking to people about their memories of a camp. And time after time, memory after memory, conversation after conversation, it went back to something to do with Jewish music. Hmm. Whether it's Zmiros in the dining room right. or a Tishba of Kumzitz or Shiria, Song of the Night, Color War um, songs. So often in camp, memories are tied to music and music triggers memories. So we thought, what better way to celebrate our 50-year history than through a concert really telling the story of Morasha through song. I don't know if I would have come up with it on my own that the best way to do it is through a concert. And it's not a criticism. I'm just saying I, I don't think until you sat here and said that people relive their Morasha days through song that it actually hit me that you're 100% right. And, and it's, it's a, definitely a, it's stronger with camp, but it's really with anything. I mean, there are so many times I'm listening to a song from... The 80s or the 90s. The 80s when you were th- when I was two. four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was four at <laughs> some point. Um, Aren't we all, Jeremy? It brings you, or maybe my year in Israel. It, when you hear a song, it right. brings you back to that time. Music has that power. So That's true. Our goal of the night, at least the first half of the night, we do have a uh, reception afterwards to give everybody a chance to reunite and reminisce. Um, You're not going to have the years down on our name tags, are you? Uh, I, I'll leave it off of yours. Yeah, but... <laughs> please do. Please do. You could just write Eternal Camper or something like that. But that's actually the second reason why we chose a concert was while some people did spend years at camp and will have their years on their name tags, some people were there for a year or might be married to a spouse that wasn't there at all. Um, so, and we want, but we wanted everybody that was connected, that is connected to Morasha to be able to enjoy this event. And a Jewish concert is enjoyed by everybody. So it's going to be so, uh, enjoyable for the people that love Morasha, so enjoyable for people that love Jewish music, and seventh heaven for people that love both. <laughs> so we're right. very excited about it. Yeah, and for good reason. I mean, your lineup is also amazing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um, when you just said that there are certain songs that trigger memories, Besides the emails that have been going back and forth, like, oh, are they going to do this song? Are they going to do that song? Maybe they'll include this one. I know that Randy Wartelski has been part of the conversation. Bennett Schachter has been part of the conversation. Michelle Sorcher has been part of the conversation. Um, Naomi Schiff. And we're all going back and forth. And to me, it's like, if you don't do Mejero with Stewie Beanstalk, it's not the same. Or if you don't great. do this with that person, it's not the same. And this person. And we're all, like, not fighting over it, but you're right. And these these memories are crystal clear. And they are 25 years old. <laughs> but I can also tell you what songs we used to sing on our Tulim when I spent my year abroad in Israel and, and I went to Orot and we used to, you know, go on this hike and go on that hike and there were certain songs we always sang. We sang the Canadian national anthem for this, till this day I have no idea why, but we mm-hmm. did. We won't and, be playing that one. No, I don't blame you. <laughs> and you also won't be playing American Pie by Don McLean. We sang both of those songs in their entirety and then we went into other things. But those two songs, every time I hear Bye Bye Miss American Pie, I know exactly where I was and what I was wearing and how bad my glasses were and the whole nine yards. And so when I hear these songs or the titles of these songs in these emails, I know exactly where I am. I could be standing on the bleachers in the Merkazia. I know exactly where I am. I can even tell you the songs that, that, that we did when we had Shuria on Sulam. Right. Like it was yesterday. Right. And I'm talking to Joanna Shebson, uh, who was otherwise known in her former life as 
Joanna Steinlauf. And, and the Steinlaufs have always been a huge Marasha family, and they were all counselors on Sulam. And we all, we all feel the exact same way. So you're right. They're, they're, for Jews, <laughs> we tie memories into food. In this case... <laughs> well, that's the second half of the evening. Is what? The food. There's food? There's a huge dessert reception after the concert to allow people to I did not reconnect. Know. And yes, we will have a lot of Morasha favorites <gasps> at that. Wait, 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 wait. I, I, I don't want to give away any surprises, but. Can I place a request? You could place a request. Okay. One second. You don't have a pen. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. I, can I have my it. iPhone. Okay. <laughs> right. Miriam, you're a hundred right now because we don't take notes anymore with a pen. All right. So first of all, there are the cinnamon buns. And then there's the Shabbos morning kokush cake. Of course, Shabbos cake. Uh huh. World famous. Right. Of course. And. Most importantly, the Sunday morning buns that we used to have with the scrambled eggs. So that one I'm not sure we're going to be able oh, to get to. Because you have to scoop that. out the guts. <laughs> and then you fill all the... Come on, Avrami, you know what I'm talking about. I know you... But you understand what I'm saying. They're like this shape. They were almost like cinnamon bun shape. They were like the perfect <laughs> receptor for the scrambled eggs. Like it was yesterday, I can tell you this whole thing. Is that crazy? But you it, know what it I'm is, talking about. It is, but that's, that's why we love you. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not any crazier than anything else that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> Whose idea was the dessert concept, or the, the dessert ending? Well, we wanted this to be both a celebration of our 50 years and also a, give everybody a chance to reconnect. And while a concert is a great way to accomplish the first half, everybody is sitting in their seats. So there was, the post-concert reception is a way to accomplish the, the second goal of really having, I mean, the concert is going to hopefully host over 1,300 people, give those people a chance to really reconnect and reminisce, both their years at camp and also hopefully the concert, which they'll com- be coming out of and enjoy. Are you giving out tissues? Or is that giving just for me? Tissues. Is that just I saw for your me? Facebook post, <laughs> tissues and, uh, and lighters. Uh, or, exactly. Or Facebook, yes. or, uh, no, 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 that's what iPhone I wrote. app lighters. Right, but. exactly. I'm not, <laughs> not bringing any real fire. <laughs> Morishaconcert.com is the Morisha at 50 concert is where you can get all your information. It's where you can buy tickets as well. How are ticket sales going? Ticket sales, I'll tell you the truth. I thought, because I heard from everybody, that it's always last minute, and I know for personally I'm always a last minute ticker, concert ticket buyer. So I manage my expectations, but thank God they've been through the roof from my ex- expectations. We have, I think we're up to 350 to 400 tickets wow, great. in the first 10 days, which is great. Obviously, we have a ways to go to fill up 1300. But the nice part is that everybody that has signed up already, I don't know who they are. Uh, they're, they totally range the, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and current campers. Um, and there are so many people I know personally that haven't signed up yet, so I definitely anticipate selling out, but hopefully we'll give everybody a chance that wants to come to, to join. I told you I'm not even going to my school dinner that night. Yeah, I appreciate that uh, commitment. I'm not sure your school does. <laughs> <laughs> or my husband, but um, right. But between, you got A.B. Rotenberg, Baruch Levine, Eitan Katz, Benny Friedman, Edon Pinchot, who again we had on a couple of weeks ago. That is seriously an all-star lineup. Yeah, we, we like to do things right. Um and that goes back to what I was saying before. We want it to be enjoyable for everybody, not just the people that knows every Morisha song and joke and and memory, but anybody anybody that's associated with somebody who went to Morisha. So we chose a lineup who is enjoyable for all different tastes and styles. Um, from Idan, who will be singing a lot of his favorites in different sections of the song, to A.B. Romberg, who I did not realize until I really started planning this concert the amount of oh, yeah. songs and and uh, albums that he's uh released is just incredible he's a goodle. 
Yeah, and we're actually working on an opening number uh, for the. It's more going to be a show than a concert. We didn't call it a show because it would confuse people. Okay. We thought concert was more marketable, uh, but it's going to be more of a, an awards show, Tony Awards style evening with an opening number. Actually, the opening r- number is an A.B. Rottenberg tune. Uh, we've got the music. Yes, we've got the music, but we will be changing all the lyrics to more Shah memories, and that will be the opening nice. song which A.B. generously offered to help. Right with us. That's so, exciting. Yeah, it should be nice. Are you having um? Are, are how are you? I, I let me phrase this correctly. There are going to be a lot of private jokes. Yes. How are you going to work the private jokes in without isolating people who are sitting there going, "Huh"? That's has been. We wrote the script. It took took us two months to write the script for this event. I believe it. Um, every that, minute of it. That was their biggest challenge. Right. Uh, we're still fine-tuning it, uh, but we're sensitive to the fact that there are some things that cross every decade. Shabbos cake, 72 steps to the Merkazia, uh, Pagisha time. Right. There are things that are just so so fundamental to the camping experience. I made that the joke, Morisha by the way. Experience. I made that joke in my living room the, in my den a couple weeks ago. My daughter had some friends over, and like the boys were on one side, and the girls were <laughs> this. I'm like, it looks like Pagisha in here. Right. <laughs> and there were like two kids who never went to Morisha, so they looked at me weird, but everybody else laughed. Exactly. Right. But at the same time, we're going to balance it, it just to be a pleasant evening for anybody that's there. A lot of how we're connecting the songs is through multimedia in the background. Uh, we split up the concert into ten themes, uh, telling the Morasha story through songs and through ten themes. So the first theme is friendship. The second theme is I Met by Bashart and Morasha. Oh, nice. The third theme is our Yacha program. Okay. Uh, that's all the social experience at camp. And then we're going to transition into the, the Jewish experience of camp. First, the Torah learning that happens at the camp, whether it's our Kolal, our BMP programs, Beit Midrash programs, or just the learning that happens every day by the campers. Tisha B'Av in camp, Shabbos in camp, our, the, our connection to Israel through our Sulam trip and Zionism programming in camp, uh, and the music that's tied to all these different segments. And then the last part is going to be focusing on the skills built in camp from dramatic productions, mm. Sharia. Um, Where's Ricky Zibit? Ricky Zibit going to be there? I, don't know who that is. <gasps> oh, oh, my gosh. I'll be honest. I'm a hundred. Okay. <laughs> but I would love to meet her. Right. Shout out to Ricky Zibit. Ricky Zibit did drama, ran drama when I was a camper a couple of years wow, ago. Wow. We would love to have her because we're going to be showcasing some of the favorite camp production tunes. Sure. Uh, going to Sharia, as we were talking about before, and, and, and ending with um, the last skills that I think are so fundamental in the camping experience is learning leadership skills, which right. I know Absolutely. that my life and experience at camp was 100% from my leadership skills learned from my head counselors and my division heads and counselors. Um, and that brought me to where I am today. I'm actually going to be introducing that segment and then having tributes to three uh, real um, leaders and and founders uh, of the camp who are no longer with us, Svireich, um, A.B. Rahoftik. Uh, and Rabbi Pesach Oretz, who was with mm. us for 48 summers. Um, and that's gonna, and obviously after that, we're gonna turn the house lights on and sing Anubni Morasha. Of course we are! Um, so, <laughs> a lot of it's gonna be songs everybody knows and everyone's gonna enjoy, <sighs> but through the multimedia in the back, let's say in the Tishbub section, while it's gonna be a Tishbub Kumzit style, um, songs on stage, the background is gonna be the burning Yerushalayim words wow. at the Tishbub site, the torch procession picture. So, You'll be able to enjoy it um, if you love Jewish music, but enjoy it even more if you really can relate to how it's telling the, the Morasha story. Jeremy Joseph, director of Camp Morasha. We're talking about the Morasha concert, morashaconcert.com. Space is limited. You definitely need to buy your seats in advance. How many people are involved in the actual production? 
It's getting because production what, or the whole entire. Well, all I know is that the amount of work that you've already expressed, ridiculous, right? <laughs> that has gone in, plus what I can imagine is still going to happen, and what will happen that night. It sounds like a village. So it's one of those ideas, like all ideas. Oh, it that sounded like a good idea at the time. At the time, yeah, concert. Everyone, you know, it's how hard could it be? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really uh, ballooned uh, in, and exploded into something much larger, which is great. We love uh, challenges, but everything to reconnecting to all 225 metamorph recorded metamorph shot couples, which I actually had an hour conference call this morning about reconnecting with those couples because during that segment. We're going to want the Morishak couple photos of their families now coming up in the background with their names. Um, So there's a lot of pieces to this. uh, From You sleeping at all? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) February is going to be an interesting month. From the the food to the music uh, to the seating. (laughs) The seating is going to be bunking on steroids. (laughs) So, so yeah, so it's, it's a lot of, it's a challenge, but... As, oh, uh, as your, uh, Rabbi Confucius said, uh, yeah, what was exactly. It? Uh, Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Something Focus about on trusting your intuition, intuition and you will get through it. We, would, we had an intuition that this, this would be special. I'm going to this into a shirt for you, by the way. <laughs> Are you encouraging so, people to dress up? I'm not saying that to be funny. It was a conversation that we had also. We're debating versus camp apparel versus formal apparel. We want it to be a special evening. Um, and it's a concert. So, you know, we might, we might make it more formal apparel, but be giving out Funky Morisha, you know, bandanas or sunglasses and things like that to to mix it to keep it uh, spice it up. Interesting. I wonder how my I'm not saying this to, call, you know, throw a wrench into anything. I wonder how my kids would react. <sighs> I'm no, sure. I'm serious. Like for me, it doesn't matter. Like for, for me, it completely doesn't matter. I have Morisha paraphernalia that we can keep in the closet. <laughs> I have Morisha paraphernalia from their closet so that I could just as easily put on since. You know, Morishai gear is something we always order every summer. Um, but I wonder how they're going to feel not being able to pull their favorite Elon Note sweatshirt out or their, you know, whatever it is. It's an open discussion. So. No, I just think I, I, <laughs> we I, haven't, I uh, decided I, yet. I think it's, I think it's an interesting element here. I wonder how, I, and yeah, it's a Matze Shabbos and you want to do a semi elevated kind of a program. I exactly. totally get it. This is not Green Day at Madison Square Garden. I get <laughs> it. I get it. I get it. Um, you're not looking for the grunge look, but I wonder how people are going to react. Yeah. Uh, there are going to be a lot of adults there. Right. Um, so, you know, it could be whatever you're comfortable with. Come with your Morish apparel or business casual or anything in between. <laughs> but- I was telling somebody recently, I still have um, Rabbi A.B. Warhoftig, a blessed, blessed memory. I still have his contact information on my phone. Wow. I refuse to delete it. And um, I remember this was, I don't know how many... I can tell you, it was at least a decade ago because I only had two kids. So that's how I remember things is mm. when I was pregnant. So I remember saying to him that I really wanted to come back to camp. And I hadn't been there as a staff member. I'd only been there as a camper. And, you know, anybody who's – you're more a shot lifer. I mean, that's that's what you want to be. And um, I said to him I, – I said to him, I just – I really want to come back to camp. He's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I would clean the toilets. <laughs> if you want me to clean the toilets, I will clean the toilets. Just get me back in camp. And um, and he laughed. He's like, well, that job's taken. <laughs> um, but I know that just from watching the Facebook posts, et cetera, that staff applications are, are thank God, at a max. Mm-hmm. I and mean, is that a way of putting it? Yeah. I mean, thank God. Um, we have a lot more applicants than jobs in camp. So, you know, it's that's always a tough thing to do because we want the best quality staff member for our campers. Camp is for the campers. Right. Uh, but we also want to make sure that we um, – are able to continue the Morisha experience from campers to staff. So it's a balance, but, um, you know, campers first. That's our, 
That's our focus. What's the uh, number looking at for this coming summer? Campers? Yeah. We stopped talking about that because <laughs> I think we're scaring people. <laughs> um, Have you built more bunks? We redid 15 bunks. Um, wow. 15 bunks this summer. We refer- we totally redid. Um, I remember thinking my daughter's <clears throat> bunk last summer was nicer than my den. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, and by the way, when I walked in there, there were a couple of old timers like me and we all had kids in the same bunk. We're looking at each other going, okay, this is not what we had when we were yeah, kids. I'm like, why, change do they, a bit. why do they have fans? Why do they have fans? And somebody else said, well, in this camp, they have air conditioning. I'm like, nobody should have air conditioning. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. Like everybody Camps just camp. relax. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that they have fans is enough. But it was the the bunks look great. Yeah, we were redoing all the bunks. Um, we redid the canteen this past summer. That was a huge facelift. Um, both just the that's facility an understatement. And, yeah, just the facility. And also, I mean, we really focus on programmatically and how it's going to tie into the mission of the camp. And the canteen was such a social center of the camp, and it was the facility was not conducive to that. So we really were able to <clears throat> to redo it and really give the campers and staff members an opportunity to be able to meet each other in a place that is conducive for that. Um, you know, bunks, they need to be comfortable. But next year, we're going to be – it's not official yet, and we haven't announced it yet. Maybe we can make it official on, on the air now. But we have plans, and we have architectural plans and renderings for a brand-new Marcasia, which <gasps> is – Talking about mission, you know, that is the center of, of so much that goes on in camp. Where are we? From, <coughs> from davening to plays and Sharia, Kalawar. Batten um, down the hatches. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> Where, where's it going to be? Well, it's using the existing structure and completely gutting it. And the entire inside is, a, I mean, the plans. We're going to post them when it's officially official. <gasps> um, <clears throat> but the inside is a beautiful playhouse. <clears throat> a beautiful, we're going to be calling it the Mercasia Performing Arts Center. And we really are going to be, I mean, it's also, that is one place that the God willing is going to be air conditioned. The bunks, I do agree with you, is camp is camp, but that's going to be one big, um, one of our main facilities that's air conditioned so that not because we, we care about air conditioning, but it's because we care about Tfila. And when we dive in the entire camp, 1,300 people dive in there, well, 1,100 people dive in there uh, on Friday night. We want them to be able to be into the davening and not focusing on the sweat <laughs> drooling down there, uh, coming down their, their Where cheeks. Where are you going to put the color war banners? Those are still going to be there. We're actually going to be making Do you a, see that? That's my panic. It's in the plan. I'm not even the listening to the air conditioning thing. <laughs> I want to know where the banners are yeah, going to be. Yeah, so when we designed it, we actually designed a huge wall in the back. I can't you know, show it on the air, but we have a huge wall in the back that was actually designated space for shallots. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And we're actually... We're gonna be, we're gonna have a whole recording studio, God willing, in the Mercasia, uh, because we really want to elevate our arts program. Um, and we want to give campers in every area a place to shine. And so whether- instead of campers having to go to Usdan or other places or what have you, now they're gonna be able to, look, and I'm not saying this to be funny, now they're gonna be able to look to Morisha and say, I have this talent and I have that talent and I can use and I have a performing arts talent, and exactly. I can do it there. Exactly, because, you know, we want to f- give people a ra- well-rounded experience, but also be able to have an opportunity to focus on where they shine. And whether that's on the stage or the court or in a recording studio, recording a CD that we're going to distribute or upload at the end of the summer, we want to be able to really offer something for everybody. So that's these are in the plans. You know, obviously, there's money and budgets and all that, but... 
my you gosh, know. the Merkazi Yacht. If it's 73 steps, somebody's going to have a fit. <laughs> We're going to be redoing them, but the, actually the plan for the steps, because right now they're, they're great steps, but they're not all equal. So it, Of course not. That's part of the plan. <laughs> definitely not handicapped, to... accessible. Oh, forget it. I mean, so, that's a different story. So right. we're, we're going to be keeping hopefully 72 steps, making them a little bit more accessible, but also we're planning on every step also being dedicated for a year in camp and having the color war, uh, Sharia, you know, information on every step, uh, and we'll have 72. Oh, so I don't know what word. we'll do after 72 years in camp, but that'll be the next direction right. problem. <laughs> I was about to say, Jeremy, let's, we'll worry about that when we get to exactly. it. com. Jeremy Joseph is the director of Camp Morosha. We have literally time for one more question, and it's going to be my question, which is, is there going to be a CD? available after the concert for people just like when you go to broadway and you see a show and you want the cast album is there going to be a cast album available just good great question literally last night at 12 30 a.m i was having emails correspondence correspondence back and forth about two things three things uh one of them is videoing this event mm-hmm. so we could upload it um an extension of that is streaming it live for people who can't attend the event but live out of town can't attend the event for other reasons um, so streaming it live and then also taking the audio that we professionally right. record and putting, uploading it to our website. So all three of those are in the works. Um, I'm not sure if the uh, streaming it is so practical because it's mostly Shabbos. So some people are still, the people, most of the people that can't make it are either asleep in Israel, uh, or still observing we Shabbos. We have listeners but, who listen in the middle of the night to different shows. I promise so you. They, maybe wake, we'll do it. they wake up in the middle of the night. I'm not kidding. We have listeners in London who wake up in the middle of the night. We got people at Australia, you name it. Mm-hmm. So just remember that the Jewish world is a small place, and everybody's got an alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> don't 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 let that influence you. But I can't wait to hear the answer to that question. Jeremy Joseph, again, director of Camp Morasha, MorashaConcert.com. Reserve your seat. Space is limited. It's Monday, Shabbos, February 22nd at the Purchase College Theater. What time does it start? 8.15 is when the doors open. We're hopefully going to be starting the concert at 8.30 sharp. And I happen to know that the MC that night yes. is uh, is affectionately known by Mara Shah fans as Stretch, and around here he is known as Boss. So Nachum um, Siegel will be emceeing, please God, that night. The Mara Shah alum himself. Amen. Exactly. Just like me. Just like me. Well, Jeremy, call a kavod to you. Much Hatzlacha. Thank you. Much Hatzlacha, and I look forward to the evening. Thank you very much. Likewise. Great. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. As it is National Handwriting Day, and even more importantly, National Handwriting Analysis Week, like I announced at the beginning of the show, Nachum recommended that I bring on, that I invite on the air, a a handwriting specialist, an analyst, who, um, (laughs) unfortunately, because of my fault, I didn't get him the um, the, my writing sample in time, but uh, Dr. Ari Kornblatt is on the phone. He is joining us on the air. Dr. Kornblatt, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I, thank God, am very well. I have to say, there's a part of me that's pretty relieved <laughs> that you don't have that you don't have the one-page um, writing sample that I sent you. That's why I cooperate. <laughs> there's um, I, part of the um, just so our listeners know when I when I was in touch with Dr. Cornblit, um, he had asked me to write a full page on, on an unlined piece of paper, a full page of a writing sample, and then send it to him. And I did not get it to him in enough time, and that is totally on me. Um, let me ask you something, though. I, I'm going to ask you two questions just about the writing sample in general. Number one, why on an unlined piece of paper? Well, the lines are a guidance and sometimes an interference. The natural inclination might be to write 
write very straight, even an uh, unlined paper, and there's some people that can't write uh, uh, straight, even a line paper. So uh, it allows a freer expression of the mind. And does that does do both of those things, that kind of free expression, the possible inability to write in a straight line, does that all say something to you? Absolutely. Everything says something. Every nuance in the handwriting uh, speaks volumes. It's what? not the hand that's writing, it's the brain. So the brain is expressing itself through the language of the hand and writing. Wow. Okay, now I'm even happier. <laughs> That you don't. I was also wondering, by the way, um, as I was struggling to write what would seem like um, something that made somewhat of sense, because I was just, you know, literally just putting words down on a page just so I could get it to you. Um, do you do you find the the content of people's writing samples like inherently funny because it's just random thoughts? Um, sure. <laughs> Everything is, uh, is is interesting. When when a person writes. What they're writing about can also affect how they write. Uh, someone's writing about a, uh, a sad event. Uh, someone's writing about a person they dislike. Uh, someone's writing about something that someone that makes them happy. Uh, that will be indicated in the writing. Really? So if I'm writing something that I'm excited about, or or something that's like getting me going, or whatever, you can you can tell like I'm writing in a different way. Absolutely. Uh, so, for example, if someone is in a sad mood or writing about a sad topic, it might be indicated in a number of ways. For example, it might slope uh, downward as they're writing, indicating some degree of sadness, some degree of depression. Uh, where someone is elated about something, someone's excited, the handwriting might go in the opposite direction, uh, just slightly uh, rising. Wow. And it doesn't matter, well, maybe it does or it doesn't, but does it matter, I guess I should say, what color ink somebody writes in? No. Okay, that the doesn't matter. The choice of colors <laughs> can be indicative as well. Right, but in this case, it's coming. You, it's not like you're expecting a color fax or a color scan, and that adds something to it. You are simply looking at the, the, the shape of the letters, the intensity of the, of the, the, the pen, the ink? Exactly, and all the, all the different facets of the writing. When I'm looking at a uh, children's drawing or an adult drawing, then the choice of colors uh, are very, very critical. Today's choice of pens, most people write in black or blue ink. Once in a while, a red pen. One thing I noticed while I was writing it um, and writing the sample, and I think that's part of the content of my sample, is how difficult it was for me to actually hold and use a pen for that length of time anymore because we don't... I can't tell you the last time besides scribbling a note or writing a, a mitzvah note to a, to a teacher or just writing something on a calendar, the last time I actually wrote a full page by hand. Right. That art of correspondence, letter writing is a dying art. But nevertheless, the art of graphology, uh, the science of graphology is alive and well. We always need to sign our signature. We need to fill something out. And if people really want to get a good impression of somebody else, whether it's for hiring purposes, a shidduch, a uh, business partner, uh, it's, there's nothing uh, more telling than the handwriting. A, a shidduch is not something I ever thought of. The truth is I didn't think of, um, of employment either, but a friend of mine who I had mentioned to that um, 
that I was having you on the air told me that his wife had 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 to submit a writing sample to a potential employer so that the uh, sample could be analyzed before she was hired. Yes. That happens often? Uh, not so much in America, though it's gaining, it's gaining favor. Uh, in Israel, it's uh, de rigueur. You can't uh, apply for anything, any job, uh, joining a kibbutz, any kind of clearance without a handwriting sample. And that's true of uh, large parts of Europe as well. Well, it's a good thing Nachum didn't ask me for a sample before he hired me to do this. Phew. I would have hired you on the spot. I dodged that one, Doctor. I can tell you that much. Um, you have to you have to take a step back. I mean, I'm a person who likes to look into Rashi and Tosfos on a lot of different things, especially in literature. But tell me how you became interested in something like this, something, an art, I agree with you, but something that may otherwise easily pass other people by. Well, my interest is in uh, understanding people. I work as a therapist. I'm a psychoanalyst by profession. And uh, I studied this as well with uh, probably the world's expert at that time called Felix Klein. Uh, and I realized that it's a very precise and very telling science. And is there is there something somebody can do to change their their signature or change the way they write that would that is long-lasting? Like, can you change a person's behavior that way? Positively. There's a, uh, uh, a school of thought called uh, graphical therapy. The understanding being that if you change your handwriting, you change your character. I'll give you an example. I gave a talk a few weeks ago to a, uh, a singles group. A couple of hundred singles were there. And uh, one uh, individual uh, signed their name and put a line right through their name. I told them immediately to stop that. There's something very self-destructive when someone does that. So uh, my assumption is that as soon as that person will uh, change that uh, medium uh, of expression in their signature, it will affect their uh, lifestyle as well. That is fascinating to me. I understand completely. And by the way, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody listening going, that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy at all. I think you're making an incredibly, incredibly important point um but it would it fascinates me that you spoke to a group of singles i mean it was obviously it was a singles event yeah it was entitled making the right choice (laughs) w-r-i-t-e i guess i guess wondering anymore about whether or not the kala comes from a family where they use a white tablecloth friday night or they're serving on china versus paper is no longer the biggest concern now we're looking at people's handwriting uh it's not a concern it's uh, just a, uh, a safer way to get a, uh, a clear uh, understanding of who you might uh, choose to get involved with. What is the most striking thing that you've ever told a patient about their handwriting? Well, number one, I, 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 I gauge and I couch what I say very carefully with a full understanding of how it might impact the individual. So you can say something in two ways, in a way that would be devastating or in a way that uh, might be uh, uh, ultimately helpful. For example, uh, in handwriting, you can tell a person's physical and mental health. There are indices in the handwriting that indicate uh, physical um, disabilities or potential disabilities. And even and even uh, there's a classic study where they were able to use or handwriting analysts were able to prognosticate 
the site of Chas uh, Shalom cancer. No. And I was in turn uh, borne out by uh, CAT scans and so on and so forth. So when there is some indication of the handwriting, I will indicate to them that uh, they really need to discuss with their doctor. Uh, sometimes it indicates a migraine and sometimes it indicates uh, something else. Wow. I, I don't even know. I have no idea. I mean, I have no background in the medical field besides being Dr. Mom. But um, And by the way, that counts for a lot. But I cannot imagine what uh, what you could have seen in somebody's handwriting that would have given you that kind of a clue. But it is fascinating to me that we're no longer just talking about the person, somebody's personality coming through in their handwriting, but their but to such an extent that we can know so much about their physical being that you could determine that they have this 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 terrible disease. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how it's indicated. Sometimes people have a uh, a splotch. Somehow that splotch always appears in the exact same place in a letter, and it's very odd. Why? Why would it appear over and over and over? Or some uh, place where the a pen jumps and leaves like this little gap. Why? Why does it appear over and over in the handwriting? And if it does, it indicates something about that particular part of you would consider the letters uh, as if you were a body, you know, with a head the, uh, and the, all the way down to the toes. Uh, those particular blotches indicate something, either a past event or something lurking, but they definitely indicate something. That is remarkable to me, remarkable to me, and I think I'm never going to write anything for anybody again. Um, sure. Dr. Kornbluck, let me ask you something, and I'm totally not trying to make a joke. I, I, I want to get that out there. But have people, You don't make a joke. I, I'd like to make a joke, but I'm not saying this part to be funny. Have people asked you to, you know, be their entertainment at a, at a party? They have, and I told them I am not an entertainer. This is purely science. Right. Purely right. science. And anyone that does it for entertainment purposes actually uh, ridicules uh, and, and has no respect for an absolute science. I would Obviously, it, it is of interest to individuals. Right. Right. I'm sure that it is of interest. I mean, I am um, both completely intrigued and nervous <laughs> about what may come out of my sample that um, that you received, and we'll talk about that another time. But... Um, but I imagine also that people would say, wow, this is so fascinating. I'm going to bring him to my next dinner party. Or this, you know, you would be so great to sit down with whomever. I mean, it's not, obviously, this is not a source of entertainment. It happens to be entertaining to a certain ex extent just because at the, from the level of fascination. But again, as you're explaining, this is a real science. Right. And, and people do invite me, and I essentially use that as a teaching opportunity to, uh, show them uh, that it's not the hand that's writing, it's the brain. And, and I'm sorry, go on. Uh, as I indicate to them that uh, if they were to go to the beach and put a twig between their toes, they would form the letters exactly the same way, the spaces between the letters, the proportion of the letters to the other letters, everything would, would uh, be exactly the same. Obviously, you have more uh, muscular control with your uh, hands, but... It is your brain that is really expressing itself. So if I wrote with my left hand, as a very strong righty that I am, if I wrote with my left hand, then the only real difference would be the control or 
um, uh, OT kind of angle of it? Absolutely. You'll see that you'll still form the letters the same way. The letters will slant the same way. The lines will slope the same way. Everything will essentially remain the same, but it will be obviously uh, a more controlled writing if it's done with your uh, uh, stronger hand, with your writing hand. Dr. Ari Kornblatt joins us on the air on the phone. He is a handwriting expert and analyst. Which politician, Dr. Kornblatt, if you could pick one, I'll actually give you two if you'd like, whose handwriting would you like to analyze? I I do that every year. Uh, Whenever there are political campaigns, and there always tend to be, I will uh, tend to write articles about the uh, particular candidates. Right. Well, I've done for the mayoral races. I've done it for the presidential races. I was thinking recently with Bridgegate and um, Governor Christie and everything else going on. I mean, these are all emails going back and forth. But what do you know already about Governor Christie that you could uh, that that may influence or may um, enlighten us a little bit as to what's going on? Uh, quite honestly, I haven't seen his handwriting or his signature. Oh, really? No. I did the uh, New York uh, candidates, but I uh, certainly look into it. Is de Blasio everything you you read in his handwriting and more? Absolutely. <laughs> what did you see when you saw his handwriting? Well, uh, by the way, I, I'm making you I'm making you sound a little bit like a fortune teller, so I should take a step back and I should use better terminology because I don't want I don't want to mitigate or or make light of your skill and of this science. So, what, how how should I refer to this when you analyzed his handwriting? It was a science. Uh, truthfully, I don't remember the exact words that was done in the Jewish press. The uh, what I indicate what I indicated from both candidates, the primary candidates at that time, was that De Blasio was a, uh, an expert politician and uh, would essentially present uh, whatever message would be of greatest appeal versus a message that he uh, integrally believed in. Interesting. And did you know that Bloomberg would be the independent, you know, mayor nanny that he ended up being? Uh, I analyzed his, and I frankly don't recall what I wrote many years ago when he first ran, 12 years ago. And what about President Obama? So then let's go forward. Let's leave President, well, let's leave President Obama alone, I think. <laughs> that's very interesting. There were countless graphologists that wrote about uh, Obama's signature, but one thing they didn't notice, which I happen to notice by happenstance, if you take a look at the signature, he uh, has the, a large O to uh, signal his uh, family name. In that O, there's a line. And everybody wrote about conjecturing what that line indicates. That line is the first letter of the Arabic alphabet, called an Aleph. Oh. And the only reason I know that is by happenstance. Oh. Uh, one of my daughters was studying Arabic. And just is a confluence of events. And I took, and there was that letter. Very haunting. Very frightening, indeed. Yeah, now I, um, Wow. I did not see that one coming. That is, that is incredibly, incredibly shocking. Have you spent time, or this is probably a stupid question, but have you spent time with the Declaration of Independence? Uh, not the, the original. Yes. Not those, the original. Those, <laughs> <laughs> those are wonderful signatures, the John Hancocks of everyone. Right. Right. And, and what have you read into, or what have you analyzed? Well, first, their, their signatures are totally different than we have today. 
they worked on perfecting their signatures. Their signature, as everyone's signature, is the most practiced part of our handwriting. We spend countless times perfecting that signature. The signature is the public face that we present to the world. So those signers of the Declaration of Independence were all very colorful individuals, some brighter than others, some uh, you know, loved the public uh, limelight more than others, but they were all uh, prominent individuals or considered themselves very prominent. They would probably never have been uh, considered as signers unless they were. Are there is there a different um, fluidity to a person's handwriting, whether they're working with a pen or a quill? No, so, not at all. So if but all- the aspect of it is critical because when you write with a quill, you are essentially um, writing with what's called greatest shadows. Your your uh, the lines are thicker, and there's a lot more to look at. Whereas a pen doesn't have that same level of thickness, if you will. Can, could you still pick up on what you had mentioned before on that, like writing abnormality that led you to um, recognize that somebody had cancer? Could you have picked that up on somebody who was writing with a quill? It wouldn't matter. Right. Let, let, let me first say it's not necessarily cancer. It could be a, a potential tumor, and so on and so forth. Fair point. As Fair studies point. with the Sloan Kettering have indicated, but it does indicate some kind of uh, bodily, some kind of organic involvement. Okay, okay, fair. I'm, I'm happy that you clarified that. But is would you be able to have picked up on something like that with one of the founders who were using a pill as well? Uh, a, a sure, pill? absolutely. They, they're, they're, uh, there are people who study handwritings of people in the past. There are people who want to even study the handwritings of their ancestors. And you can tell that they suffered from uh, certain kinds of illnesses. Can you also tell, and and with this, I, I only have a minute or two left, but with a so with a sofa, a person who is writing a safer Torah, is there and is there a um, something that you can analyze in their taviad in their handwriting versus a different sofa? Positively, every every sofa has their own, if you want, signature by their writing. You know. Incredible. Every every software is different, and some are more talented than others, and some command a higher price than others. Well, that I agree because I I, um, I have definitely seen, even though you know you look at the at a cloth and whatever, and and the words are the same, but you can tell that somebody has, let's say, a, a for lack of a better word, a prettier penmanship than somebody else. But I, I guess when um, I guess what I'm looking at, though, is does a sofer have a a particular personality to the... Yes. Wow. Uh, it is not as easily understood for one reason. You're following a formula, and your lines are etched, you oh. see? So it's not a free form or free expression. But nonetheless, every sofer writes... Uh, with their very own personality. That is fascinating. That is absolutely fascinating. Well, Dr. Kornblatt, I appreciate so much the time you've taken here with us this I'm honored. Morning. Oh, any, are you kidding me? Anytime. And you and I will talk off the air about what you have found out all about me. I look, I honestly, I look forward to hearing about it. Okay, same here. Forward to sharing it with you. Take care, Dr. Kornblatt. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Take care. You've been listening to That's Life here on the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam L. Wallach. Thank you for making us part of your day. 
Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what not to miss and what to expect. Full afternoon of programming follows this show. Nahum is already in the studio. The live lunch begins just at the top of the hour. We have live brunch and then live lunch. It goes until 1 o'clock Eastern time, followed by an all-new stunt show hosted by Mark Zomick. That's Zoomer for you at 1 p.m. And then starting at 2 p.m., Throwback Thursdays, encoring J.M. the A.M. from years past. It's a lot of fun. We've been getting a lot of wonderful feedback. Um, it's it's really great. It's really great. Actually, it was pretty funny when Mayor Furtick said to me, you know that there's a show on? I said, yes, it's Throwback Thursday. By the book, hosted by Nahum, the encore comes up after that. And then Michael Fragan, 6 p.m., spin class. All then, oh, sorry, then Charlie Burnhout at 7 p.m. Wrapping up at the lineup. Tune in all day long. Join Nahum tomorrow morning from 6 to 9 as he hosts JM and AM live here on the stream at NahumSiegel.com, jmandam.org. 91 90.9 and 91.9 FM. Don't miss the weekly update. That's Nahum and Malcolm starting around 7.40 in the morning. And, of course, table for two at 9 a.m. Eastern time. And as promised, here's the contact information for our good friend, Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Couples therapy, individuals therapy, and family therapy, 973-975-7248. You can also reach him at his email address, ezwickler at gmail.com. He is a wonderful, wonderful man and therapist, and we thank him always for his contribution on a weekly basis to Saturday Night Seagull. An updated 2014 schedule on our website, nachumseagull.com. It is available there. You can click on the network schedule. My thanks to Avrami, and I want to thank ZK. I don't know if he's listening today, but he is such a help all the time, all over the place on different shows. I just want to make sure and give him that shout-out. We are closing with... Um, what are we closing with? Minha Mazar. Where's that album cover? It's under your... There it is. Thank you. Shlomo Katz off of the Vihakoanim album with um, Minha Mazar. is a beautiful, beautiful song. Anyway, that's life, everybody. Bye, guys.